Well, if you were listening to the Mike Hosking Breakfast this morning, you would have heard this man on the show. He's also appearing on our show today, a bit of a double-up, Climate Change Minister James Shaw. But I don't know what it's like in Parliament, uh, James. But uh, here on News Talk ZB, we have a food chain and the Hosk is above me on it. <laughs> I, well, I couldn't possibly <laughs> comment. Uh, you know, I've never been one for hierarchies and all of that kind of stuff, but, um, you know... <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Okay. Well, look, let's move on and cover perhaps some new material that you didn't cover with him this morning. I want to pick up on one of your comments from your discussion with him. You said in an ideal world, and you've said this on this show before, the carbon price would be zero. So my question to you is, where could that potentially leave all the carbon farmers, i.e. the people who have planted pine trees in recent times? There's been a proliferation of that. Does that make carbon credits worthless in the future? No, well, the, the, I mean, I, I guess the point that I was saying is that the, the 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 main point I was trying to make was that the point of the emissions trading scheme is not to raise revenue, um, although it does do that in a in a good year. Um, the point of the emissions trading scheme is to send a price through to polluting companies to stop putting pollution into the atmosphere, um, and and you know it is going to be kind of many decades uh, before we get to a situation when we have eliminated carbon dioxide emissions into the atmosphere completely. So, um, you know, at that point, uh, you know, obviously there won't be a demand for uh, kind of, um, uh, you know, offsetting. Um, But we're also eventually got to move into a world where we're actually drawing down more carbon dioxide from the atmosphere than we're putting into the atmosphere. And that's because if, if you want to keep that temperature to one and a half degrees, we've actually got to take down some of what we've put up there over the last couple of hundred years because it just keeps accumulating in the atmosphere. And as long as it's up there, it keeps warming the planet. And we, and we need trees to do that. Look, it's the, it's the sorry. only technology we've currently got. Yep, OK. I mean, you've, an, you've announced yeah. a reset of the ETS to hopefully yeah. stabilise this carbon market because, yeah. let's face it, it tanked after your Titan settings and, uh, well, the end of last year. It was $88, I think, at its peak. It's down was down to $33. you have set a new floor price setting of $60. Is this just going to harm New Zealand's fight against inflation, though? Isn't this going to make fuel and all that more expensive? Well, only if nothing changes. Like I was saying, the whole point of the emissions trading scheme is to send a price signal through to polluting companies to invest in in renewables and getting out of fossil fuels. And and so you're not going to get that situation unless there is a you know a price point. Um, and and New Zealand is starting to decarbonise, right? Uh, so you know you might have seen some news over the course of the last week or two that there's now. Uh, you know, incontrovertible evidence that even while the population is growing and even whilst um, the economy is growing a bit marginal at the moment, obviously, uh, the overall trend is that our total pollution that's going into the atmosphere has been coming down now um, uh, for something like three years. Um, And that's factoring out the the difference that COVID made. Um, and, And so what that means ultimately is that New Zealanders will be paying less uh, because the kind of products and 
and services that we that we use uh, won't be as high carbon and therefore won't have that price point attached. I don't know whether you've seen this morning's Herald on the website or in the old-fashioned way, reading the paper, James. Uh, there's a mm. column in there by uh, Owen Jennings and he's commenting on the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the IPCC, about overstating the heating effects of methane. When are we going to get some rock-solid science around this and some form of agreement? Because if the like of Owen Jennings and co are right, uh, methane's not such a big deal. Yeah, look, I, I, I can't comment on that column because I haven't seen it, but it's obviously, uh, you know, an, an opinion that's been, you know, kind of thrown around quite a lot. But there are also people on the other side who are saying that it has been understated uh, because, um, you, know, you know, as everybody knows, methane is a, is a short-lived gas, but it's most potent in the first 20 years that it's in the atmosphere and then it kind of breaks down uh, over time after that. And the problem that we have right now is that we don't have 20 years. So the situation that we're in today is that the methane that we're emitting today is having a an effect on, on warming today that's many, many times greater than carbon dioxide. It would be less of a problem if we weren't up against the clock, right, because of the short-lived nature of the gas. But, we, you know, as you can tell from, you know, the floods and the fires and the storms and all the kind of stuff that's going on around the world and here, um, it, is, it, is having an, it is having an impact. And, and, you know, it is one of the things that needs to get managed. Oh, I thought methane only lasted in the atmosphere for 12 years. You're saying 20. No, well, it's, no, so it doesn't. It, it's called a half-life. So what it means is it starts breaking down after 12 years. It doesn't disappear completely. In fact, there's still trace elements of today's methane that'll still be around in 100 years' time. But it, but it kind of peaks at about 12 years, and then it starts to break down from that point onwards. But the warming effect uh, is kind of within that within that 20 at that first 20 years. So when people argue about you know, as you and I have argued about GWP 100, that looks at the warming effect over a 100-year time scale, which actually understates the impact that it has in the near term. And, of course, it's the near term that we're dealing with right now. Hey, James Shaw, I'm out of time. Thank you very much for yours. Appreciate it. Always good to talk to you, Jamie.